people when they make up their OMs, they look very nice and a lot of times they are not. So I had to learn all that to make sure that those rosy pictures are really rosy. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back, everybody, to Weiss Advice. I am your host, Yona Weiss, and it is a pleasure to have you guys on with me today. We have a special guest. We have Krishan Singh, KK, as he's known, and we're going to talk about some great stuff today. So, KK, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Diana. It's my pleasure. I think, you know, the picture of me and KK, we met up in Chicago last year, like went viral because we're from very different backgrounds, but have very similar beards, which yep. is incredible. So if you're watching this, you know exactly what I'm saying. Just he's got a few more white hairs than I do. I'm working on him. I'm trying to catch up. A little more years of experience as well. <laughs> exactly. And you have a tremendous amount of years of experience. So I'm just going to tell a little bit about KK because he has an incredible background, incredible story, and we're going to get into uh, some of that. So first of all, he is originally from India, right? You immigrated to Canada and then the United States in, back in 2000. Yes. And so, you know, before when you were in India, right, you were an entrepreneur in many businesses, you were an engineer, agricultural, a lot of different things going on, right? And then when you came to the United States, you kind of took that background that you had and, and really led you into so many different things. So a few things about KK, okay? He's the owner and president of Hoosier Group of Companies. So KK is located in North Northeast Indiana, and he owns several gas stations, okay? And we'll talk a little bit about that because he really was quite revolutionary, I think, for himself and his community in Fort Wayne many years ago. And he also owns laundromats, okay? So different asset classes, single-family homes, okay? Over 40 single-family homes, which apparently you just sold? Yes. Okay, so after six years of of owning single-family homes, which that's a story in of itself, now you just sold those. Yes. Incredible. And his real you know, passion and what he's been doing for you know, the past five, six years or so, and he's going full-time into that, is really in the multifamily investing. Invested in many syndications, both as a limited partner, general partner, and now um, you know, taking it to the next step. And over 2,000, close to 3,000 units altogether in his portfolio. So that's a little bit about KK. Did I miss anything there? that you think is worthwhile in your background you want to you share? No, uh, I did come here as a software engineer. I was a Microsoft certified system engineer and I lost my job after 9-11 and got into the gas station business because uh, a couple of my friends were in the gas station business. And since then, we grew up in gas station business, we kept buying more and more and more and adding more people to our team. And uh, about five, six years ago, somebody offered me uh, 40 single family uh, houses uh, mm-hmm. here 
and uh, we bought his portfolio, his and his sons, and we started there in the real estate. And after 15 years of uh, managing the gas station business and the laundromat business, I moved on to the real estate full time. Right, full time real estate investor. Yeah, and I started uh, managing myself to learn the business. Amazing. And, but you still have those other businesses, the gas station and the laundromats. Those are still yes, functioning. Everything. I have sold my single family houses, nothing other than that. Everything, everything else is active. Had since 2001 was my first gas station when I bought. So I have all the gas stations, laundromat and other. We have a banquet hall too. And now a banquet hall to top it off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> awesome. And so, you know, obviously coming to the United States or coming first to Canada, the United States, immigrating here, you know, your community obviously have a big presence in the United States, but it wasn't that easy, right? As you said, you, you came here as an engineer, but what was that like coming to a new country, a totally new you know, environment? I, had, I have visited the uh, United States a couple of times and mm-hmm. did my research before coming. Okay. So I went all over the United States. I had friends in the gas station business and, and some other businesses as well. And uh, I went over almost uh, all parts of the United States before I decided to come here gotcha. and settle here permanently. So gotcha. it wasn't very difficult because I had the homework done. And I knew where I was going, what I'm doing. I went back to India and uh, did my Microsoft certification. And I had a lot of interest and do still have a lot of interest in computers. I have always had that. So I did my certification and came back uh, as a Microsoft certified engineer. So I was more equipped than ever. And at that time, computer professionals were much needed as compared to other skills. So in 2000, um, I came here and immediately after 9-11, one of my friends, when I lost my job, he offered me a partnership in one of the ga- his gas stations. So I had no option. I took that and I had my three kids and wife with me. So I, I was ready to do anything that was offered to me. So for four months, I did a job at the gas station, Mm -hmm. which was the hardest time. You might come ask me this question again. (laughs) So that four months was the hardest time. And uh, I was working in the third shift, dealing with rough customers. And the gas gas station was really in a rough area as well. So that gave me a pretty good lesson at that time. So that's where we started growing and then grew into the gas. And I like working anywhere. So I just started with the gas station, did a lot of more research and, mm-hmm. and used the technology instead of doing stuff. At that time, my friend, they used to do stuff on the registers, papers and all that. So I took all that and moved on to technology and used right. technology and saved a lot of time. A lot of time, money, you know, by using technology. That's yep. incredible. I built up my own program to do accounting and everything for the gas station business, which everybody in Fort Wayne at least uses my program. Really? Yes. And that sounds like a, a lot of people. <laughs> How many gas stations are there in Fort Wayne, Indiana? 
Well, the Indians own 72 gas stations in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and around. Wow. So and they're all they, in your program. They are all using my program. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. So let me ask you, so what, obviously, there was an opportunity that came to you, right? You lost your job, 9-11. You know, it was a struggle. It was a challenge. An opportunity came to you and you took it. And, and you mentioned before about the 40 single families. An opportunity came to you. Someone came to you and offered yes. that and you took that. But what about multifamily, which is now your main focus right now? Is that also yeah. something that just like came to you or were you researching it? Are you trying to find it? No, it didn't come to me as the others did. Uh, for the multifamily, when I got into, we bought these uh, gas stations in June. Uh, sorry, not the gas station, the single family. Mm-hmm. And next year, I paid the maximum tax that I have ever paid wow. in the last 15 years. So I thought real estate is something that people save money, save taxes on it. Sure. Why did I end up paying more tax? At that time, I was paying quarterly as well. Mm-hmm. And when my accountant gave me the my tax return, it was 75000 to pay. For quarterly for, no, it was the end of the year. Oh, so I was paying quarterly mm-hmm. according to my previous income. So we basically made a lot of money in those six months, first six months. And then I ended up paying a lot more tax, which I never expected that I would have to pay another 75000 on top of all these four quarters I had paid. So I thought there has to be something else that we are missing. So I started learning. I, I joined Bigger Pockets and followed, started following some syndicators mm-hmm. and uh, multifamily. So I attended some camps. I started learning more about it, how to save tax, read some tax uh, saving books as well. Right. So that's when I learned that the cost segregation, which you oh. are a master of. Yeah, we know that. Is that. The, that is the best strategy to save on taxes. So I started investing in the uh, multifamily passively. I mm-hmm. started with the, with one deal uh, in, immediately, even not learning much about it. But I knew that I'm going to go be saving tax and I'm going to get a minus K1 and all that. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that and slowly, slowly. And I realized that I have a passion for multifamily. So at that time, after about a year or two, I decided, okay, let's, and, and I saw a lot of other people moving from single family to multifamily. And that was a good experience to learn the business and everything. And it was not one or two houses. It was 40 houses. So I had a whole like, kind of experience for five sure. years. All time. I had to I do all kinds of uh, accounting and all kinds of tenants that I came across the vendors and all that experience I had. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, let's move on to multifamily. Right. So I decided not to buy any more single family and move on to multifamily. Just so I multifamily. started investing passively and then I decided to move to general partnerships as well. Awesome. You said you have a passion for multifamily. So what does that mean? What's the passion? What's behind that? Well, is it just the tax uh, benefits or is there something Oh, no, more? not just that. My father used to own real estate oh, okay. in India. And I bought a bunch of real estate in India while I was there and while I came here. And let me tell you this, a lot of Indians do that, not just me. A lot of Indians 
go back send their money back and buy properties in india because at that time there was a lot of appreciation in india mm-hmm. but that is bear lots i bought all bear lots commercial residential and all 2006 empty lots years, empty lots just land yeah just land residential commercial or agriculture i bought all three kind of and okay. some of them appreciated five times in about two years wow. so a lot of indians still buy properties back home and i did the same thing as everybody else did but when the dollar and the rupee rupee is a indian currency and mm-hmm. then when it started uh when i came here it was 1 is to 44 mm-hmm. and now it's 1 is to 76 okay so i thought as the time passed and the dollar keeps getting stronger against the rupee so i thought when i bring my money back and my kids are not going back so my money is going to be half anyways why should i be investing there so i decided not to invest back in india any more money but i still have properties in india i still have all those properties i have sold a couple of them gotcha. but i still have all those properties but i decided not to spend any more money so i started buying gas stations here in 2007 and since then we have been buying at least one gas station every year since 2012 when i decided to and, and the last recession was a good timing for buying more gas stations because not a lot of other people could afford to manage the gas stations the way it was but we were kind of specialized in this business so you have the background so you're saying you have the background from your family from your experience in india translated here and so that's carried you on and you're doing it obviously with a passion now you're educating a lot of people helping a lot of investors are you coming across any challenges in doing that in dealing with investors or finding properties you know in the new now that you're full time multifamily and that's you know your full focus right now mm-hmm. you coming across any challenges well i do i do i have had challenges finding good syndicators that i can trust and invest with or partner with mm. and i have partnered with the three different uh, syndicators uh, on the gp side and five different syndicators on the lp side but uh, we have been good so far but i had hard time so i had to attend some boot camps join some multi family boardrooms etc to mm. make relationships and i formed this facebook group and uh, obviously i think in this business you do have problems have hard time finding good deals right uh, people when they make up their oms they look very nice and a lot of times they are not so i had to learn all that to make sure that right. whatever they are saying in there uh, so i i learned all that uh, during the last 5 6 5 years to make sure that those rosy pictures are really rosy right obviously that's a problem across the board unfortunately we find brokers and, and a lot of times they'll kind of show you because they're salesmen they want to show you what yep. they want to sell you but obviously you have a, f- a fiduciary responsibility to your investors to do your due diligence and to go deep and to dig deep and find out the real numbers and not yep. what the pro forma not what they're projecting numbers are going to be 
And oftentimes that's a lot less than what they're trying to sell you. So yeah, so don't get, I think it's a great point. Don't get uh, excited about the numbers that you're offered by a broker. The sale pitch or the OMs, they look very rosy for everyone, even if it's a, I mean, bad deal. Right. They'll, they'll look rosy. They want to show you the only things that make sense, but they don't want to show you the bad things in the property. So I learned all that to make sure that uh, I'm putting my money and my investors' money at the right place. Right. Absolutely. Amazing. So let me ask you, you know, one more question regarding relating back to your kind of transition, because I think most people listening to this have probably not invested in gas stations or laundromats. And we're going to go more in detail on that. So you'll have to check out our real estate connections, virtual meetup when KK is going to come out and present about that topic in a few weeks from now. But I just want to ask you something about that, the actual mindset of that. Sure, sure, sure. Because like you said, you did that, you started out doing the night shift and a difficult neighborhood and you ended up creating a whole software system that's now used across the city. But, you know, what's the mindset in putting your money into that type of asset class where there are so many other type of asset classes that you could, uh, you could put your money in or other type of business investments? One thing, you know, was that my friends were in this business. Mm-hmm. So we went to college together. When I came to United States, they helped me. I lived with them with, along with my family for about a month. And when I lost my job, they gave me a job. And uh, they told me everything about this business. And in the last four, six months, I learned some things. But they told me that this is good for cash flow. This is how you can buy with less money. You don't buy the real estate. You just buy the business. You lease a business. So you buy the equipment and you buy the inventory. And there you go. You you start making money. and, And you can at some point buy the property as well. And that's what we have been doing. The first gas station I bought was for 85,000. And I partnered with my cousin to buy that gas station and we bought just the lease. So later on, I bought that property and I bought another property of the same company as somewhere else. But that's how we kept buying the businesses first and then the real estate. Businesses first, then the real estate. So. Over time, now we own almost all the real estates that we own businesses on. Amazing. So there's obviously, there's a business component to the real estate, not just the real estate. So I think that's a huge, huge factor, especially considering the difference between single family houses when people are just investing in real estate versus the actual business that's involved there. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely hear that. Awesome. One more thing about, you know, your background. I, I have this in my mind and it could be I just made this up, but I remember when we spoke, you know, last year in Chicago, you, you had mentioned that not only did you immigrate here, but you actually had some experience. You actually helped bring over uh, a lot of people. Yes. As well. Yes. I was the first Indian to buy a gas station here in Fort Wayne. So I had a lot of people have been asking me that if they can come and buy a gas station here, would you help or would you partner with us? So 
I know each and every gas station within 60 miles of Fort Wayne, 60, 60 miles of Fort Wayne. I know what their business is, who owns it, and what kind of uh, income they are getting. And with my experience, I can just walk into the gas station and look at the dumpster, the trash dumpster, <laughs> and tell you that what's the sale inside sales of this gas station. So I know all that, and I have helped several of my uh, Canadian because Canadians they have to get a E2 visa to migrate here right. to buy businesses and I have done that and I have moved my friend from Kansas, Pennsylvania to buy gas stations here because Amazing. I knew the market, I had a good name in the market and whenever there was a deal it was offered to me Wow, so that's incredible so you know you've done something incredible there not only you know, did you have that experience someone you know, gave to you and offered to you, but you've given back tremendously by helping others and bringing people into that business and allowing them to, to thrive. Yep. I'm from the state of Punjab in India. There are a lot of Indians here. There are a lot of doctors, but from the state of Punjab, we are called Punjabis. Okay. And Punjabis are the ones who run the gas stations. Gotcha. So okay. we are about 100 families here. And I brought... 10 families from Canada and all over the United States here to buy businesses. Wow. So 10% of the gas station owners in America. No, no, no. No. Here in Fort Wayne area. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not that big yet, but you were also awarded. I mean, I remember recently you, you received an award yes. right, for your. For Shell gas station. One of our Shell gas station, we got awarded in Louisiana in March for doing a great job. For doing a great job. So it's not just about owning the business, you know, not just about helping others to get into the business, yep. which, you know, they could be your competition potentially, but you're helping them anyways because they're, you know. Oh, and some of my employees are my partners now. Oh, great. So they awesome. worked for me for four or five years. I gave them a 20% partnerships. Then they are managing my businesses now. I don't even go there and they're doing a great job. So I treat them like families and treat me like uh, elder brother. They come to me for advice, for suggestions, that kind of stuff. So I, I don't go to my gas station sometimes uh, uh, in a year. Really? Yeah. Wow. I receive checks, check the bank accounts. I receive <laughs> checks in my bank account. That's, that's kind of passive income for me. That's incredible. So you're all about passive income, right? Going into multifamily also doing a lot of obviously actively involved there, but I think it's an incredible story. A lot of lessons here that we can all take and we can all apply to our own lives. And I think it's about that time. We'll just jump into the final four. You ready? Yep. Hey, before we get to the final four, I just want to tell you about streamlined podcasts. Okay. I could not have a podcast if I didn't work with streamlined podcasts. As simple as that. These guys are my go-to. They do all the editing of these audio pieces that you guys are hearing. And I really couldn't do anything with that. I literally tried to start a podcast for about a year and it was just daunting to me to spend time writing show notes, to do the audio recording, editing, taking out the ums, the ahs, the spaces, everything. These guys make it sound so crisp, so clear at such an affordable rate. And for my listeners and my listeners only, you're gonna be thrilled. If you're ever thinking of starting a podcast or you have a podcast, check them out at streamlinepodcasts.com. Set up a time to speak with them 
and use promo code WISE, W-E-I-S-S, and you can get 20% off your first month if you do end up signing up with them. I guarantee you it's going to be worth your while. Okay, great. So question for you, and I think you alluded to it earlier on, but what was the worst job that you ever had? The worst job was the first four months that I had to work in the third shift at a gas station and deal with the crazy customers. Wow, crazy night. customers at nighttime at a gas station, I can't imagine. Nighttime without a bulletproof at that time, downtown Indianapolis. Downtown Indianapolis, wow. And do you have any actually, you had some crime, some uh, experiences with that firsthand? Yeah, I, a lot of times. A lot of times I had experiences, bad customers, drunk customers, and I can't even tell you how sometimes they treated me and uh, I responded, how I responded to them, and, and <laughs> complaints, newspapers, TV, that oh this guy is, they called me crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was tough time. That's incredible. That's funny. I wish never to do that again. Okay. Well, I, I wish you never have to do <laughs> No, that was a tough time. And especially at that time, I had moved from India, never uh, much communicated in English, and my accent was a little... And sometimes I wouldn't understand what they are saying mm-hmm. or they wouldn't understand what uh, right. what I was saying. So I had a hard time for those four months. And I, I was thinking of even going back wow. <laughs> after, after I lo- lost my job. And then my cousin came and uh, he, he brought some money and he said, why don't we buy a, our own gas station? So we decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And we moved to Fort Wayne in 2001 a little away from the crazy stuff. Right. And a great decision that was uh, to do that. So, yeah. So our second question is, what is a book that you have read that has given you a paradigm shift? You think differently. Okay. The name of the book is Escape. Escape. By Anik Anik Single. E-S-C-A-P-E. Right. Escape. Escape. Okay. I haven't heard of that. What is that book about? Well, that was a paradigm shift. Okay. It was a very motivational book and he has his story in there and uh, how to change your mind. So, oh, got you. How to have a paradigm shift. Yep. yep. Got you. Oh, wow. That's great. That's incredible. That's probably, that's a very profound answer. I appreciate that. Okay. Escape. We're going to check it out. The third question I have for you today is what is a skill or a talent that you would like to learn? Well, during this COVID-19, I've been staying home because, Mm -hmm. uh, as I told you, we went to uh, New Orleans and that's where something this COVID also started. And we were there and we didn't know me and my wife left. And when we came back, we realized that we made a mistake because we saw a lot of people on the airports with a mask and etc., And it was March 4th when we came back. We went to Charlotte Airport. We went to Chicago Airport. So we confined ourselves to our house, both of us. So I started learning some skills. So I started as data visualization and advanced Excel. And also I have been teaching my son how to underwrite multifamily multifamily deals. So that way... I've been building up my skill as well. 
and right. uh, I've been I've been teaching him how to underwrite uh, um, multifamily. Amazing! Get your son involved in the business. That's awesome. And yeah, my my son is an intern with Ivan Barrett. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he's he's in Cali School of Business, and uh, he is uh, he's been working with him over a year now. Great, incredible. Okay, so he's on the right path. He's uh, you know following your footsteps. Yep, actually, I'm building the ground for him. Right. Building the foundation, absolutely. So let me just go back to that for a second because you said data analyzation. Is that what you said? Data visualization. Visualization. So what is that? So that means uh, like uh, we have so much data. We have got rent rolls and we have got T2Ls. We got these financials, quarterly financials, monthly questions. So when you do these quarterly meetings with your investors or monthly meetings with your investors, you don't show them all the data, they can't figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. So you can convert that into charts to gotcha. visualize. So I'm learning that to use that data as visualize the numbers and all that rather than going through the numbers. Gotcha. So if you, if you have data in, a, in an Excel sheet and you are doing a quarterly report or something and you want to show them, hey, we have this budgeted and we, we reached this budgeted. Instead, if you have a chart right. showing that this line here is our budget and this is where we were in January, this is where we were in February, this is where we... So data visualization is a better way of understanding the data. Great, absolutely. Thank you very much for explaining that. So the fourth and final question I have for you today, KK, is what does success mean to you? That's a tough one. <laughs> it is a tough one. There's no right answer. I'll make up something at what's least. What's it answer. means to you? <laughs> well, I think uh, I am very proud of myself and my team. And we worked hard to reach to this success. And I love to share my success with others. I want to see other people successful as well. If, and I, I don't charge anything. Like I'm not thinking of ever making money on it. Right. But if somebody calls me, hey, I want to uh, put a laundromat. And a lot of people have reached out to me that they mm. want to buy a gas station. They want to buy a laundromat. Right. They want to do this or that. And I try to help them as much as I can. Gotcha. So by giving back, it's a lot pleasure to me. And I feel very happy and fortunate that uh, I can help someone. I relate to that very much. So giving back is the key to success, you know, helping yep. others. Unbelievable. Yep. We have a charity too. So we have had a charity since 2009. So, so you have a charity and what do you do? Yeah. What, what do you do in that charity? Well, we do a bunch of things. First of all, we have 15 kids in South India that we have adopted. We pay for their boarding, lodging and education. Wow. And we have done that for about 11 years now. Then we support six organizations all over the world. And we don't accept any donations from anyone. That's so all this is just your own, your own uh, KK Singh family? My, me and my partners. Your partners. Me and my partners. So for every carton of cigarette we sell, mm-hmm. we uh, have 10 cents 
goes into the charity account. For everything we sell in the store, 2% of that goes into that charity account automatically, which is 25 to 30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we select some charities. So we have selected six charities in India, in England, here in the United States, and here in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. So we have six and we pay them on monthly basis, monthly and quarterly. Some of them quarterly, some of them monthly. Beautiful. Very, very inspiring. I appreciate you sharing that because that's a, that's a very important aspect to our lives is, is not only giving back, you know, in our own personal ways, but to really just give charity and help others. And also I like to share my knowledge, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, of course. And, and uh, with this uh, COVID-19, I thought these healthcare professionals, they work so hard and they don't have to spend any money to learn how to buy multifamilies. So I offered them a free coaching. Wow. So 21 uh, healthcare professionals who are on the front lines, they signed up and I'm starting that tomorrow for six months. So they can get free coaching for six months, starting from basic to mastering how to buy the multifamily. So I'll be doing that for the next six months. Amazing. So you do really a lot of, a lot of different things, very multifaceted personality. And I love that you're doing that. You found 21 healthcare and frontline first responders that are now going to be learning multifamily investing from KK himself for free. Yep. Incredible. For six months. For, for six, six months. months. And normally you, you do coaching, you know, you're, you're, you're a coach for yes. profit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say that. Yeah. I actually coach, I coach for someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't, I don't directly coach uh, students, but I coach for someone else. And uh, I, yeah, that is for profit. Right. Gotcha. But here I'm offering them six months of free coaching. Absolutely. That's incredible. Incredible. KK. It's always and a pleasure. Open up thanks to them. Yeah, tremendous amount of thanks to them. And that's so creative. I'm so impressed that you came up with that because I think that's something we all have to do. We have to find something that we can offer, that we can do. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot. It doesn't have to be, you know, money necessarily. It doesn't have to be whatever you have. You know, you can share the wealth. You can share that. You can give that. So definitely uh, very noble. And I'm glad that we were able to have you on the show today, KK, and be able to learn a little bit more about the man behind the, uh, the multifamily and get to, uh, to hear some of your background and more of your story. So thank you again. I appreciate it. And uh, to all my listeners who are tuning in, thank you for joining us. And I hope to you come back soon. And remember, until next time, the best advice comes when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. 
send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.